Glory to Jesus. Okay, let's open our Bibles to um, the book of Hebrews, chapter chapter 10. If you're there, say amen. amen. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Father. Um, verse 19, it says that having therefore, brethren, okay, let's go back to, um, let's pick it up from verse 12. That, but this man, after that, this man is Jesus, praise God. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he had perfected forever them that are what? Sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us for after that he had said before that this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their heart and in their minds will I write them and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Praise God. Um, verse 18, now where remission of these is, there is no more word, there is no more offering for sin. And having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he had consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and then our bodies washed with what? Pure Water and let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Glory to God. Um, verse 18 said that where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. So the their sins and Iniquities, verse 7, you have to go to verse 17, sorry, to see what these are. Right. Where there's remission of their sins and iniquities, then he said, I will remember no more, right? So this remembrance here is um, also is speaking about 
is tied to remission. Remembrance is tied to remission, right? Um, so what God is saying, thank you, Jesus, that their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. It's not just about maybe, it's not a cognitive thing, um, like maybe God, God will now forget, maybe you blind, maybe he remembers your sin normally and then after the offering, he no longer remembers the sin. In that way, we know remembrance to be, praise God. That is not a sense. This um, um, sense is that what um, makes sin visible in the eyes of God is that it is present. Right, so that remember it no more is that I will no longer be seeing it. Right? It's no longer that when I come when I come to judge, which is um, God, um, His nature. You cannot separate God from judgment. You can't stop God from judging. You can't say God, okay, just come around, let's play, but turn off the, your side that looks at sin. God's nature is called. The, so we have come, one of the things we've come to in Hebrews chapter 12 is to God, the judge of all. And that is his nature. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he says, he who stands in the congregation of the mighty. And then he does what? He judges, judges among the gods. So, so God is, a, is actually a judge. That's also one of the the native meaning of God, the word Elohim, means judge. Praise Jesus. It's a kind of judge. Um, praise God. So, what, so that nature of judging that God has uh, makes it impossible for him not to take cognizance of sins and iniquities if they are present. So to the remembrance of it, um, it is the only thing that can make God not think about his sin when he thinks about you is if there is something called remission. Praise God. Remission actually means to, to remove, to, to take away. Uh, is to, to take away. Praise Jesus. Um, so where the, Now where remission of this is, there is no more offering for sin. So the purpose of of offering for sin is for the remission of sins, to, for the removal of sins. Glory to God. Amen. Now, the, the purpose, what we've been saying, the removing of sins is the, it's a, a sort of a prerequisite for access into the most holy or when he, what he says, boldness, this boldness in verse 19 is not just kind of an attitude, bold attitude to enter God's presence. It is, this is the boldness that comes from your sins being remitted. And without that remission of sin, there is no, there, there cannot be a boldness when it comes to the things of the holiest Right, the holiest realm is um, a place that only admits 
souls that have, that have a kind of boldness because there is um, to, to look at things that pertain to the holiest. There, it's not easy for the soul to, to gaze at things that pertain to the holy, the holy nature of God. You'll find that the soul will still be a bit crooked and a bit bent uh, in such a way that it's not, it's not really compatible with um, a kind of a visitation from the most holy. Praise God. That visitation is that appearance again without sin in uh, chapter 9. Let's go back to chapter 9. Thank you, Jesus. Um, he says as um, verse 27 says, as it has appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the word, the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And then unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Praise God. So them that look for him are those who have come into is a boldness that makes the person look for him. You must be bold to look for this Jesus who is, who is without sin. Is a, is a kind of a boldness that comes upon the heart from, um, a, um, from that their sin being removed. Praise God. Now, this boldness is not a kind of self-confidence, right? That saying, okay, I'm confident now, Jesus, I, I want to see you. That's not, someone can be self-confident, but, and calling for Jesus. Jesus, most holy Jesus, I want to see you. Praise Jesus. But when they begin to try and bring the appearance of him, the heart will sink. Right, most of the time, what will make someone call for Jesus with their mouth? So you draw near to me with your mouth, but your heart is, your heart is far away from me. You draw near with your mouth. That mouth is a, like a sharp mouth. The mouth of religious guys, sharp. They draw near with their mouth. But when you check the heart, the heart is actually shrinking back. For Every time there's a revelation of him, the heart fails. Why? Because of sin. Sin makes heart fail when this, this man who is without sin is appearing. So the, the appearance of Jesus at this level is not possible to, it's not actually possible to take his kind of appearance without something having been wrought on the inside of the soul to, to deal with. Are you getting what I'm saying? That thing Called, we saw it called, it's called the conscience of sins. That conscience is an inward, it's not sin consciousness. It is like a state of the, of the heart that will make the heart incompatible with the thoughts, praise Jesus, and the, the, the world of, of the most holy. Say most holy. The most holy is a, it's a realm that God has, God has designed and destined 
every soul to come into, not by going to heaven, into the most holy place in heaven, but by an ascension. How how does the soul ascend into heaven, praise God, or into the most holy place in heaven? You ascend into the most holy place by holiness. Right? It's holiness. The, The Bible speaks about holiness. They say, without which no man will what? See the Lord. That Lord, that Lord there is the Lord God. The Lord God has a what? There's a holiness without which uh, no man. Say, follow peace with all men. That's Hebrews 12, verse 14. Follow peace with all men and what? And holiness without which no man shall see. So the power, the empowerment for seeing is holiness. Do you agree with me? The, the empowerment for what? The empowerment for seeing is, is what? Is holiness. Without <coughs> holiness, there can't be an ability, this man who will appear from the most holy, right? Is a person that nobody can see without the, this holiness. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, the provision to bring the soul into this holiness is first of all found in Christ. There is a holiness of Christ. It's a kind of holiness. Right? But the holiness of Christ is not, is not most holy, but rather it is a preparation for most holy living or most holy life or what we call most holy word, stature. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, you see, this world that you see, that you live in, it is a design against the most holy. It's a construction of Satan against ascension into where? Into the most holy, into the, into the holiest. So, the world that you see is actually a place that the enemy has designed to keep men in sins. And as long as you are you fellowship with the world, you will have what? You will have sins. Friendship with the world is what? It's enmity. It's enmity against God. Praise Jesus. So you see that thing called enmity is a program. Right, enmity is a program that is, is that can be installed. It's installed inside that thing called the conscience of sin. That that enmity can just we just sit there. It's training. The world is a place that trains people to become enemies. It's an enemy. It's a, it's a deep. It's not an enmity here. It's like a deep enmity here, right? That when the the demand. If you ask me, what what is the the difficulty, praise God, that men face when it, with interfacing and relating with the thoughts of God. Um, the difficulty is the, is the weakness to resist the enmity within. It's more, that enmity within is a mystery. It's like an installation. It's something that is seated deep inside. The man who's carrying it, doesn't really understand 
the enmity that is inside. Glory to God. Such that when he makes up his mind to go to God, he finds that he cannot go. Right? Why can't he go? Because when, if you try and introduce the kind of thought that God takes to the soul, it doesn't, the heart fails to receive such a conversation. Are you getting me? The, 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 the heart will just be weak. Say, no, I can't receive such a conversation. Actually, the, the world is a veil of some sort. It's, for, it's a veil that the enemy has created to, is to stop men um, from being inquisitive about holiness. Praise Jesus. Do you understand me? That the world is what? Is a veil that is designed to what? To stop men from being, to, from being inquisitive. And anything that you don't have a genuine um, quest and interest in, um, you cannot sustain a, a, a journey, right? You can't sustain a, a journey. Praise God. And amen. amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Journey. Uh, when they designed journey, like especially the journey to God, when they designed the journey to God, the journey is actually meant to make war with certain kind of nature. It's a path, the path in the spirit that lead to God. It's, this, it's a path that is designed to weed out any kind of contrary nature that's not com- comfortable. It means that there are things in the path to God that fights men when they are trying to come. Praise Jesus. And this is one thing sometimes that, if it's not understood, that I think souls can get discouraged because you expect that, wow, if God is being revealed, it is God and everything, based on our notion of God, we expect such an open kind of thing. That why, why should one be speaking about God and it seems closed? It seems difficult to come into. Are you seeing that? It's because um, we don't understand a key thing about the path, that the, the path that leads to God is not designed for men to come in the, in the state that they are. The path is actually, is actually spiritually endowed to make war with men. Like when Jesus was teaching that, he said that straight is the way. Narrow is the what? Sorry. Narrow is the way. Straight is the what? Gate. Right? Which one? Which one? Can you can find it, please? Straight is the gate, and then narrow is the way. Matthew 7. Straight is the gate. Narrow is the way. Which word? Leaded. And how many be there that word? So, it's already written in the Bible. And it's an unfortunate thing. Um, but, and it is not God's design. We already know that. Is God will have all men to be saved and come toward. God will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. All men, that's what he will have. But will all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? It's clear that not all men will be saved and come to the knowledge of the, of the truth. It's clear that not all men will be saved, first of all. And then when you have... Many that are saved, or some that are saved, 
not all who are saved will eventually come to the knowledge of the truth. So you have those who are not saved, you have those who are saved but never come, those who are ever learning but never what? But, and who are ever learning but what? Never come to the what? Knowledge of the truth. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. So it means that coming into that thing called knowledge of truth is more than learning. It's, you must have the answer that the, to the questions which the path throws to you. You must have an answer. You must be equipped with the answers to the, to the query of the path right, that leads to life or that leads to God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now that answer, um, what the, the purpose of sin and the world or worldliness is to, is to make the soul to make the soul preoccupied and not do the kind of, the kind of investigation or the kind of studying, I can say studying, is a, is a type of learning. Right? If you say that ever learning but not come to the knowledge of the truth, it means that there's something wrong with their learning. It means that, that there is learning in the path, but there's something wrong with their learning, the way that they are learning. Are you getting me? Aha. Uh-huh. That makes them unable to come to the knowledge of the truth. Praise God. So this thing called boldness in verse 19 of Hebrews chapter 10, having therefore, brethren, boldness to, to enter into the holiest by what? By the blood of Jesus, then by a new and living way which he has consecrated for us. That is to say what? That is to say his flesh. So this new and living way, so if they say that the way you enter the holiest by the blood, and it's, it's by the blood, and it's, it said it's by a new and living way, it means that the way is inside the blood. Right? If it's by the blood, by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, the flesh being a veil. So you can tell that what the flesh is keeping is blood, right? Flesh and blood. Say flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. So flesh and blood. So, so flesh, is, flesh is, a, is a veil for, for blood, right? So blood, if you break the flesh, you find blood inside, right? Inside the flesh. So this way is inside the blood that is inside the flesh. That's why Jesus was teaching about you must eat my flesh and you, have, you must then what? Without eating the flesh, you cannot drink the blood, right? The flesh has to be eaten. There's something about the blood that is not just exposed. The blood of Jesus is not exposed. Praise God. Um, John chapter 6, verse 51. Amen. Amen. It says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, this is talking about 
you shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my what? Flesh, which I give for the, what did he say? Except you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Praise God. John 6, 53. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that except you do what? You eat the flesh of the Son of Man and then drink his blood. You have no what? Life in you. Except you eat his flesh and drink his blood, you have no what? No life. So, the path, this life here, is very clear that this life is everlasting life, which is, or is the life of the Son that the soul comes into by eating the flesh and by drinking the blood. So, this blood, this life here, is the life which the straight gate and the narrow way is leading the soul into. All right, that straight gate, narrow way that, that leadeth to life is coming into this place. In this place. So, so it means that the, I would say the, the paving of the way or the emerging of the way is tied to this eating of the flesh and drinking of the blood. That thing that leads to life, that will make the, the person arrive at life or God's life, glory to God. It's, it will have to do with the eating of the flesh and, and what? And the drinking of the blood. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he had, he had consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say what? His flesh. There is a way through the veil that is to say what? His flesh. Glory to God. So this thing of, of, um, of dealing with um, Jesus' flesh and Jesus' blood to access everlasting life right, um, is, is a complex kind of um, dealing, praise God, that is in the person of the Son of God, right? Inside, in the Son of God, that you must finish that thing called flesh, and then you must finish, eat the flesh, you must eat the blood, and drink the blood, amen? And then the blood opens up the path, right? There's a, there's a curriculum inside the blood. Are you seeing that? And when you, when you get to the blood, and you begin to to, to Partake of the blood. Inside the blood is, is the journey of life. Right? Inside the blood is what? Uh-huh. Inside the blood is the journey of life. But there is something called flesh. So the flesh of Jesus um, is, um, is something that every, every person must discern and to say eat the flesh, or you can think about it this way. You can say eat the flesh, but you can also say tear the flesh. Or, because flesh is veiled. Do you agree? What is the flesh? It's veiling, it's actually covering what is inside. 
Do you see them? There are many things inside the body. Now, it's not just flesh and blood. That is inside the body. But the flesh is a veil to what is inside the body. But the blood is the, is the code for what is inside the body. Right? The flesh is the veil for what is in the body. The blood is what? The code. When you say code for what? It's code for the, the system and the organization of life that is in the body. Do you see that? So if you, if you can't break the flesh or you can't, you can't discern the flesh or open up the flesh or that veil that is the flesh, you will not be able to come into any kind of information about the, the system of life. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh-huh, that is within. So, um, now why did they have this design for Jesus of flesh and blood? Why do they have this design for Jesus? For him to be offered. He said, I'm the bread that cometh down from heaven. But he said, the bread which I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Praise Jesus. Now, the reason for that is man is a partaker of flesh and blood. According to Hebrews chapter, chapter 2, Praise God. Let's read that. Praise Jesus. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 2, if you're there, say amen. Amen. From verse 9, it said that we see Jesus, right, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with what? Glory and what? And honor that he, by the word, grace of God, should taste death for every man. So, he, they designed him by the grace of God to taste death for for man, right? <clears throat> okay. If you go on to verse, let's see, verse 14 now. It says, For as much as then, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, that he also himself likewise took part of the same. So that he through death, so that through death he might destroy him that had what? That had the power of death. That is the devil. And verse 19 says, I delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. 
For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took what? On him, the seed. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of what? For in that he himself had suffered being tempted, he is able to do what? To succor them that are tempted. Glory to Jesus. So you see, this place here where he says, the... Um, let's see again. For as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also, he also himself likewise took what part of the same, so that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. Now, partaking of flesh and blood here is not is not speaking mainly about. Um, about Jesus coming physically. That Jesus, maybe when he was a baby, then, or when he came into the womb of Mary, at that time, Immaculate Conception. The Immaculate Conception is not the, that, is not the main part taken. There's a, there's a, that, that's a part of it. But of course, it took, it took part of physical flesh and physical blood. But these things are more than physical things, right? If they tell you that the flesh of Jesus, he has made a way into the holiest of all, through the veil, that is his flesh, right? A new and living way consecrated for us by his blood. It's not the physical like you can't take that statement and just bring it into the physical and say that this flesh and this physical blood of Jesus is the way. It's not, it's not that, right? I think it was Daddy that was teaching that about the, the whole, you know, there's a way you have to interpret the physical coming of Jesus. It, many things about the physical Jesus coming physically and even his walk and his life. There are many, there's a way you have to interpret it. The first way you must see it is as a sign. Right? That was how the prophet prophesied it in Isaiah chapter, chapter 7. Right? He said, I, wish, I show you a sign, a virgin shall conceive. And then what? And shall bear forth the son. That is then we call Emmanuel and all of that. So you see, that thing is a sign. I show you a sign. Right, and when they were asking, the Jews were asking for a sign. He said, I won't, "They won't give you any sign, but the sign of Jonah, which is the sign of being buried and being resurrected, means those physical things that are called to him, including the, the burial and resurrection. Those are actually signs. Do you understand me? You can't tell me that it's just there's something. Does the physical act? That's what dealt with sins, opened the way into the holiest." Because if that's the case, other guys have done those things before. But some people even worse than that. They've gone through worse things. Do you understand me? So, the best way to interpret Jesus in the flesh, you must see, when you're looking at the days of Jesus in the flesh, both from his beginning to 
when his work culminated on the cross, the Nazareth, you must see it as the, everything, the signage in every single thing about him, right? It's that he was actually fulfilling a sign, including even his immaculate conception. Do you understand? It's all just fulfillment, praise God, of a sign. So the partaking of flesh and blood that, is, that will result in this spiritual effect on the souls of men is not the sign itself. It's what the sign was pointing to. Right? It's a, the sign is pointing to, pointing to something. Glory to Jesus. Um, but you can't, it's not easy to just read the sign and find him. It has to come by revelation. That's the right the epistles was, where we're actually written to explain a lot about Jesus. Glory to God. So the children partaking of flesh and blood um, is who, who they call children. You, if in the natural, you ask, if I ask you, who do you call children in the natural? When it comes to God, physically, who do you call children of God, physically? Huh? Jews, right? Of, of all the nations on the, of the earth, one nation, they, say these are the, they call them the children of Israel. Right? They are, they are actually like God's children on the earth. Praise God. And then so, because those children were partakers of flesh and blood, he also partook of the same. That was the, when Jesus started from, Jesus, when, he was, when the virgin conceived, and she gave birth. That was a sign to Israel. Right? Because the Jews seeketh, sorry, the Greek seeks knowledge. But the Jews seeketh a sign. Do you agree? The, the Jews seeks a sign, but that sign came, but they couldn't read the sign. Right? So because the, the children were partakers of flesh, God had to send the Lord, even in the physical, in the way you look at the physical dimension, you see he also came and partook of flesh and blood. But let's put that aside. Okay? So I'm not negating anything. I'm just telling you that you can interpret this Hebrews chapter 2 as Jesus coming in the flesh and partaking of flesh and blood. But when you, you are interpreting that, you must apply it towards the children of God in the flesh, which, which is a sign, which is for the Jews. You understand? Um, but there is something called children Spiritually. Glory to Jesus. There is something called what? Um, children spiritually. Now what you call children spiritually are not born again people. Right? They are not what? Children physically. Or sorry, spiritual. Who you call spiritual children of God are not born again people. People who are born again are the you can you can if you want to you can call them babies of God maybe. All right? You can I will accept that. Say okay, these are we are all babies of God Christians who are born again. You can call them babies. Um, but the word children 
carries more than just uh, a baby, right? Or someone who, who bears the name. It's more than that. A child is someone who has undergone gone some kind of a training, right? It's somebody who has who was partaking of training. Training, that's a, that's a sign of childhood. It's to train, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. So you don't train a baby. Have you tried to train a baby before? It's an impossible task, right? It's actually an impossibility. And God doesn't, God doesn't try it. He doesn't even attempt to train babies because he knows that babies cannot be trained. Right? It's not possible. So... <clears throat> When God begins to be concerned about um, salvation, God does not save babies. God saves children. Praise Jesus. What did I say? God, God saves children. God had to wait for Israel to become children first what he called children of Israel. Israel. It was actually the wilderness that really made them children. It was the wilderness that put that thing. God brought them under his, fa- his own kind of fatherhood in a sense. His training in a sense. He had to take them away from Pharaoh. You have, have been abusing these people for too long. And in your hand, they remain babies. Right? They were all babies in in Egypt, right? When you, they came to wilderness, they started acting, grown men started acting like babies and crying every time. Every single behavior of them is baby-like. In, right? In the wilderness, all of their behavior was baby-like. It was that Egypt configuration that was inside of them. You see that. So but God had to find the ground. The wilderness was, is the, one of the first goal of the wilderness is to convert babies into children. Right, is to is wilderness is the introduction of training. Right, is to bring training. That is you, to train them up, to raise them up. That was the purpose. So when we were in the wilderness, you can now begin to 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 refer to them as children of Israel who were moving in the wilderness because of the kind of dealings that's going. Are you getting what I'm saying? Glory to God. Um, so spiritually. There is, there is what God, or the scripture, let's use the word scripture, praise God, hope you are not tired, to, this is life class, so there's no other place to teach you all these things, I'm so sorry, this is the only place that I have, so I have to make use of it, amen, um, glory to God, thank you Father, so the, the children, if you want to say, okay, ah, a child, a child in the spirit, what is the state of a child in the spirit? The child nature is the Christ nature. Right? Or, or you can, you can if you want to say, because we are thinking in terms of training, right? So if you want to, you want to convert a person from a baby enters into the, the season of childhood, that's entering into the season of Christ, then as long as you are learning Christ, you are a child, you can only graduate from learning Christ until when you become a man. Right? 
that man of perfection, or what you call the perfect man, amen, is a man who's, who is no longer a child. Right? There are many things. That was, that's what he, um, Ephesians chapter 4 was teaching concerning was speaking. He was zeroing in on that first aspect of development. To, for you are no longer children, so that you'll be no longer, let's see it, Ephesians chapter 4, that we henceforth. So when you go back from Ephesians chapter 4, how to bring you to a perfect stature, to a perfect man, the measure of the stature, to become in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto what? The measure of the stature of the, of the fullness of Christ. Every language, you see children, you only find the word children, really. Children is a language of Christ. After Christ, that season, once you become a man, they now begin to talk about sonship. Every phrase they use has to do with stature. Whether a man or, you know, praise God. They refer to Jesus Christ as the son of man. For example, he's the son of man. He's also the son of God. All those words, man, it means stature. Son, actually, is not baby. When they use the word son, um, a lot of times it's referring to a stature. Do you understand what I mean? Praise Jesus. So, so Christ, the measurement of the curriculum of Christ in the spirit is from childhood toward to, to making you what? A man, a man. Um, but God sees that Christ as child. Right? It's child. Then, For unto us a child is born. And unto us a what? A son is given. Unto us a child is born. And unto us a what? A son is given. Praise God. A child is born and then what? A son is given. Glory to God. So, childhood is supposed to end in sonship. Right? Childhood should end what? In sonship. So once the, the, the child has matured, he now has a title of what? Of his son. Glory to Jesus. So, in Hebrews chapter 2, when they say here that for as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. So here is not saying that because men have flesh and blood, Jesus Christ took flesh and blood too. I've already said to that aspect that it's also correct in that sense. In terms of his, him being a sign that the virgin conceived and gave birth, he took on flesh. All of those things are correct. But I'm telling you here that the, what the Spirit is trying to show is talking about something else. That, and he's speaking about uh, a specific kind of state that you get to, that you get to in the Spirit. So, to make these children, it's not that easy to make children spiritually. Praise God. If you, are, if, you are, if you are sleepy, don't worry. Just fight the sleep. <laughs> Glory to God. Just fight the sleep and follow what I'm saying. Amen. Amen. Is it possible to fight sleep? Yes, 
Hmm? It's possible. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. So, what they call children, you know, these are the things where encounter comes from. Encounter comes from understanding the Bible. It's not sleeping in your room and then seeing a vision, ah, I've come to make you. No, it's not by that. Is that what is stopping you from your next level is those things that like to sleep when they are talking about things like this. Right? That's what is stopping you from your next level. You must, you must fight a war against those things. And then it's when you're able to make war to understand. This is what I'm teaching you is the mind of the Holy Spirit. Right? It's a mind that we just teach around and teach around it and keep teaching it. And if you allow your mind to take the journey towards it, that's, it's in that journey that they encounter the heart and they encounter the soul. Praise Jesus. Now, so, so these children, glory to God. So these children here, they are, they are children of Praise God. They are, there's, there's a language that they call children in the, in the Bible. They call them, like the Jews, they call them the children of the circumcision. You see that phrase before, the, the children of the word, of the circumcision. So that circumcision, when, they, when God said, let's circumcise all these men, they were old men, and they said, let's circumcise them, that was actually a, an initiation into a kind of childhood. Do you understand? <clears throat> is to put a kind of initiation into them, to initiate them for training, that, that those who will be in the training are in the school of, that God is, has brought to the wilderness, the school of the wilderness. There must be people who have been circumcised. Right? And we now know that the Bible says that we are that the circumcision who, who worship God in the spirit. The next one, rejoice in Christ Jesus. Have no confidence in the flesh. So that thing is the definition of circumcision for a born-again person or for a New Testament soul. That what was Philippians chapter 3 verse 3 Say, we are the circumcision which worship God where? In the spirit. Then do what? Rejoice in Christ Jesus. And then do what? Have no confidence. So you've seen that circumcision is like the, is a qualification. Circumcision is a qualification to deal with God. Do you agree? Is the what? Qualification to do what? To have dealings with God. Because circumcision is a qualification for worshipping God in the spirit. Then would rejoice sin in who? Christ Jesus. And then have no what? That rejoicing in Christ Jesus, thank you, is a kind of victory in the spirit. And is a victory that is so, is a kind of rejoicing that the soul comes into by the time they are able to break free of their confidence in the flesh. You can replace this word confidence with boldness. It is 
the kind of boldness that is against having, therefore, boldness to enter into the holiest. Is the, is the boldness that is against the kind of boldness that is required of the soul to enter into the, the, the most holy realm of God. Right? Is a, is, a, is a foreign kind of confidence which flesh gives. Right? It's, it's called confidence in the flesh. You know that, what is circumcision? Circumcision is, the, is going to the strength of a man and taking flesh away from it. Do you understand? That is, this is a sign that God was showing in circumcision, right? In the, going to the manhood of a man and then what? Removing what? The flesh is taking, telling you that this thing is glory to God. Are you getting what I'm saying? That so is a sign of the breaking down of confidence in the flesh. That's the that's the sign of circumcision. And then when we transpose that into the spiritual, no, that that's not the one. You can't say I got circumcised yesterday in the spirit. It's not like an event in the spirit. It's a journey. Right? So the, the school of Christ is the school of circumcision or is the school of dismantling confidence in the flesh. That's one thing that Christ, who is Christ? Christ is the spiritual man, right? The, the spiritual man is a man who has lost confidence in the flesh. He's a man who is ready to worship God in the spirit and rejoice in who Christ is. That rejoicing is talking about is a kind of joy. Actually, that joy is the source of the boldness which they spoke about in Hebrews chapter 10. Right, it's a, it's a joy, right, it's a joy, amen, the rejoicing is a kind of boldness, glory to God, it's a, it's, a, it's a boldness of a kind of joy that is in Christ Jesus, that word, rejoicing in Christ Jesus means that you rejoice in what, where your confidence is, right, that where, where do they find your rejoicing, so so if you find a man's rejoicing in the flesh, his confidence is in the flesh, right? It's where the man's confidence is, that's where he rejoices in. So to the, the whole purpose of the school of Christ is to shift confidence from the flesh to, and to shift confidence where? Into what? The, into the, the spirit, to shift confidence from the flesh, praise God, and then move confidence, right, into the spirit. Not just spirit in general, but in, when we say spirit now, you can, I'm not just talking about the Holy Ghost as a person, I'm talking about the world, that the Holy Spirit is meant to bring the soul into, which we saw on Saturday as the world, the realm of truth, is a domain of truth that's, the domain of truth is the domain in Christ Jesus. It's the embodiment of truth, which the spirit. So when you say the spiritual man is a man who is spiritual, who is inclined spiritually, who inclines towards the spiritual. But when you say the spiritual, it's not just spiritual things in general, because many things can be spiritual. Demons are spiritual. Evil spirits are spiritual. Spiritual wickedness are spiritual. Even Satan himself is spiritual. So I'm not talking about the, 
the vast world of the spirit. A lot of time when we say in the spirit, worship God in the spirit, is that just the realm of the spirit? No, he's talking about, remember John chapter 4 was defining this worshiping God in the spirit. Where it was said that the time is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Right? So there's this worshiping God in the spirit. The hour comet, John 4, verse 23. And now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father where? In spirit and in truth. For the Father, what? Seeketh such to worship him. This is who the Father seeketh. He seeketh such who have the capacity to worship him where? In spirit. So who are these guys? They are the circumcision who have been in circumcision spiritually, is a qualification to move into worship in spirit. <clears throat> now, it's not, the, it's not the day you get introduced into what you call the spirit that you begin to worship God in spirit. First of all, when you enter that realm called spirit, you won't find God to worship him. Praise Jesus. You won't, you won't find God to worship him without the, the full curriculum, the curriculum of circumcising the heart. Right? The, the circumcision is a qualification for activities of the most holy. Christ is our circumcision. Right? To, to circumcise the heart. Praise Jesus. So that what makes a man rejoice in Christ Jesus is to rejoice in Christ Jesus is to rejoice in the truth. Right? To, to rejoice in the truth is to walk in the truth, to dwell in the truth. That is called truth that John was kept talking about. First, so is it second John? Praise God. Third John was talking about truth. That truth is a is is called realm, is a realm in the spirit that involves the, first of all, the, the, the curriculum and the, the training and the enablement for worship till a soul is admitted into that place. What it says, what it says, the Father seeketh such. The Father seeketh such. Are you seeing this Father here? Who is the Father of what? He is the Father of children. Now, so when you say father, God had their different fatherly positions in the spirit. There is a father who is a father of children. He's the same father. First of all, he first for four father babies. He's the same father. Do you understand? So who the father is to his baby is not the same thing the father is to his child. Neither is it the same thing the father is to his son. Right, he's the same, the same man. But when he's, when you see him with baby, what can, who is this one? You want, don't understand him. What is the things he's doing? He becomes a, he becomes a musician, an entertainer, a daycare person, a, a what do you call it, a babysitter. He becomes everything. He become, he can even become a cartoon. That's a father for you. You see, you can see a, a dad throwing some assault. Why is this grown man throwing some assault? Until you see that, you see his maybe little baby or something, slapping, <laughs> smiling. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
you must enter into the baby. So there's a way you will see the father as a baby too, doing like baby, behaving like a baby. One of the things that babies like is when you mimic them, right? When you do what they are doing and they, they see you and they smile with you. So the father can condescend to that level. Sometimes some people who don't understand these things, they can get angry when you begin to teach about the, the true nature of the father. They, can, they will feel like you are taking God away from them. Oh, this is my father who I have known the whole time. Why are you making him hard and far away? Why are you trying to tell me he's only in the most holy that he is and all of those things? But that's not what we are trying to do. We're just trying to say that who the father is to a baby is not even close. He's actually really not who he is. It is just like a kind of a, a role he has to step into to help you come out of that babyhood phase to a point where you can become a child when he can begin to train a child. <clears throat> Glory to God. So, are you seeing that? Then, when the person becomes a child, the father is different again. Right? He's still... It's almost like a blend between that father that was to the baby and then the, the elder father because he's now thinking about something. That thing called worship. is with the mind of, with worship in mind. That's when God crafted the curriculum of Christ, he crafted it with worship. It's what he's seeking. He seeked such to worship him. Based on what he's seeking, that the same way a, a father, when he sees a little baby, Right inside, somewhere at the back of his mind, right, he already has a goal for him. Right, those who he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. He foreknew them inside his mind. He thought about them, but but he first of all have to call them first. Then those he called, he then justified, and then after he justified them, later he glorified them. Are you seeing that? So that is the journey of a father, right? So a father, first of all, relates with a baby in that little way. But he has, he has foreknown something. He has a goal in mind, conformity to the image of the son, which is equal to glorification of the son, right? That's Romans chapter 8, 28 and 29, right? That place called glory is where he wants to bring many sons into, according to Right, Hebrews chapter 2, in bringing, became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things. In bringing many sons to glory, to make their, the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Praise Jesus. So, but when he moves from babyhood, when, he, when he's relating with the baby, he can just, in his own mind, he's just seeing the end of that baby. And when the baby begins to become a child, he's now seizing for a training, Right? Now, the season of training, the father now begins to introduce a kind, a version of himself that is not the full version, but is a version that can help to, to that is a version that can help to define the way that the child should go or should grow, how you ought to grow up. I might grow up to him in all things, even the head. 
Praise Jesus. So, but the, the tangent of growth, which the Father, when the Father is involved, the Father is the one who defines the tangent of growth. That's why Christ was, the curriculum of Christ was actually developed by the Father as well. He's the one who wrote the curriculum of the Father. It is he's also the curriculum of, of, of circumcision. How to circumcise the child, praise Jesus, and how to remove every single confidence in the flesh from that child. Praise Jesus. It's a glory to God. Amen. Amen. So, where were we? So, back to Hebrews 2 very quickly. It says that we are the circumcision. Sorry, that's Philippians 3. In Hebrews chapter 2, in verse 14. Hebrews 2, verse 14. Are you there? So, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. Are you seeing that? He also, likewise, took part of what? The same. So that through death he might destroy him that has the what? The power of death. So, these children here, who are they? They are what? They are Christ. And who are they? They are men who what? People who have who have what? Who are in the school of circumcision. They are those people who they are they are they are their curriculum is that curriculum of circumcision. Right? Who are in that development phase of childhood. So, what he's saying here is that those children, praise God, are partakers of flesh and blood. So, so you're seeing the um, the the thing that is left that the curriculum of training of childhood does not really deal with. These children were partakers of flesh and blood. Are you seeing that? So, he also took part of the same. Flesh and blood means <coughs> nature of man or nature program of man. So, and there are different kinds of flesh and blood. There are different kinds. Adam was a kind of a flesh and blood which had some kind of spirit um, Spiritual. We're not speaking of physical. <laughs> We've left that side. We're talking about spiritual. Your soul, right? Soul. See, soul. soul. So, soul of Adam was a type of flesh and blood. How do I know? He was a man. Are you seeing that? He's, he's a man 
He was a man, glory to God, that who's, who they need them to initiate and give a program to, to, to change his, um, to change glory to God. They needed to raise Adam from the earth, right, to interfere with his program, the program of flesh and blood, which he had. Right, that's one thing about this thing called flesh and blood, is a spiritual language. He's telling you about what is that thing that must be dealt with that will make the person able to partake of what he called the kingdom of God. He said that, for flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood will not do what? Flesh and blood will not what? Inherit. That thing called flesh and blood. Are you seeing that is the kind of program that man has. It is the flesh and blood of man. He's talking about the nature of a man. The nature of a man. It's nature configuration. Flesh and, flesh and blood means nature configuration. It's a, it's a kind of nature word. Nature configuration. Praise Jesus. So because... So you, you will not realize then that somebody, a man who's, a person who's a Christian, who has, in the curriculum of Christ, that person still has flesh and blood, right? And the program of that flesh and that blood is the program of a man. Or do you agree with me? Is the program of what? Is the program of a man. There is, there is what you call the flesh and blood of Christ. When you, see, when you see someone who has the image of Christ in them, when you see their operation, they come into that statue of Christ. See, the operation of, a, of the statue of a Christ is not... You, you will see a difference between that and a divine man. The program which they are inwardly designed to execute is different. Are you getting what I'm saying? So these things that uh, like they call flesh and blood here is telling you that it's speaking about a further thing. It's a nature thing that needs to be dealt with. That when um, the, the, the father is looking at these children, he, he's, he loves and he, he celebrates their development, their advancement in being spiritual. But there's now something else about them, which is the, they are partaking of what? Of flesh and blood. They are partaking of flesh and blood. That was what, when God was looking at, at Adam, what God 
was trying to save or deal with with Adam from the beginning was in sin. When he made Adam, he wasn't sinful. There was no sin. It was the, the devil who brought sin later. But Adam was flesh and blood. Or Adam was a partaker of flesh and blood. That hence the ministry in Eden. The ministry of the, of the presence. Are you seeing that? That ministry was to do what? Deliver that man called Adam. That curriculum. Amen. Amen. Just, God just developed a man who he put inside the first year one, or I call it year one, of, or, or class one of a, of a school. Right? It's, that's the, just the beginning of that school. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's the school of, of, of um, overcoming the program of flesh and blood and ascending into the divine program. You understand? Praise Jesus. <clears throat> Glory to God. Where's the. <clears throat> Thank you. I bring mana for raising man. I bring mana. I say mana, 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 mana to raise man. Mana to raise man. Mana to raise man. For man has been in my mind. Man has been in my mind. Man has been in my mind. Even from the beginning and from the time that even before I taught to raise man, I raised man for to tend him and to raise him. To raise him and tend him by my mana. By my mana. By my mana. That he may be one. That he may be one. That he may be one with me. That he will be one with me. It is to raise man. It is to raise man. My plan. 
man has been to raise man by my man, by my man. So I bring you man, I bring you man, I bring you man. Eat this man, eat this man. I say eat man for to tend you up, to tend you up, to tend you up, to raise you up, to raise you up, to raise you up. I say I have come to raise you, I have come to raise you by my man. It is by my man, it is my man. It is my manner for to raise man. It is my manner for to raise man. I have come to raise you up, to raise you up for oneness, for oneness to be where I am. I have come to give you manna. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So Adam was, um, the word Adam, thank you, Father. I think the word Adam means the man of the, of the red earth, right? Uh, the, it means the man of the red earth, right? Man of the red earth. <clears throat> the word red earth there, um, red earth is speaking about where the, is, the man of the red earth is the man of flesh and blood. Right, that redness is the pigmentation of blood mixed with earth. That word earth is talks more about that which forms the flesh. Do you understand? That was that, that was a, 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 the kind of man. It was the man of the red earth who they had brought into a, a particular school to be trained by God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Amen. You see, uh, an example of that Adamic life speaking is like when they were saying you've blood of sprinkling, that was the blood of Jesus, <laughs> blood of sprinkling, that speaking about that thing, that the blood of Abel. And then when God was speaking to Cain, he said that the blood of your brother don't cry from the ground. Right? So the witness of that blood, praise God, is a prophetic statement that that the witness of the blood is a blood that is crying from the ground. Are you getting what I'm saying? It means a blood that is crying from the earth. That was a state of Adam, of sorry, of, of, of Abel. Praise Jesus. That means that he was, he was a man of flesh and of blood that, that had a particular witness. Praise God. So as a Christian... When you get born again, New Testament believer, you come into the, the school of Christ, <clears throat> then the, this Jesus here, who they are speaking of in Hebrews chapter 2, is him that has the answer to flesh and blood. To the answer the pro, of, to the program of what flesh. Remember, what I'm calling flesh and blood is not sins. I explained that Adam was, was a partaker of flesh and blood, but he was not a sinful man right from the beginning, but he was a partaker of flesh and blood. Right, so after, so what man partook of first is flesh and blood, praise God, then sin was then brought later, right? 
the main purpose of the training of Christ and circumcision is to deal with sin and to remove sins. Glory to God. <coughs> but this man called Jesus, when they said that, seeing that the children were partakers of flesh and blood, he also took part of the same. So that would take him taking part of, of flesh and blood was the soul of, was the soul <coughs> of Jesus inside his heart coming into a place where the children were, right? Which is a place of a man. He had to be, he had to come before he became the second man. You know he became the second man. He had to become the last Adam. Right. He, he had to become the last Adam. That is First Corinthians. They are not the same thing. First Corinthians chapter 15. Praise God. Verse 45. First Corinthians 15, 45. He says, so it is written that the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. You see that? And then the last Adam was made what? Was made a quickening spirit. Verse 46, how be it, that was not which is first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward, then that what? So not that which is spiritual first, but first, that which is natural. Those spiritual versus natural are two kinds of men. Right? Go back again to verse 45. It is written, the first Adam was made a living soul. Then the last Adam was made what? A quickening spirit. What he called first Adam. He was a man who God, a God formed man of the dust of the ground. God formed him and then breathed into his nostril the bread of life. He became a living soul. That thing was a, a kind of thing God just passed into him. That gave him that living soul stature. So this thing called living soul that was in Adam was not the fullness of even of what it means to be a living soul. The breath God, what Adam got was actually the first breath of living soul. Do you, do you understand me? It was what? The first breath. It was the first breath of living soul. That God gave to him. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Amen. Amen. Say living soul. Living soul. He was supposed to use that Thing, journey in that and then praise God move into the life which the tree has to offer to him do you see that but when he came to this last Adam who was who was Jesus okay he was an he was an Adam 
Adam means he was also a man of the red earth. So means he was also a partaker of flesh and blood. Do you see that? The last Adam was, so the first thing that Jesus partook of was, it's very clear that Jesus did not partake of sin. Because in all points, sin could never get him. Anything about sin could never get him. He never, never partook of sin, but he partook of something called flesh and blood. So this thing defines the place where Jesus, where, where the inward soul of Jesus aligned with man. Right? Where his soul was, well, the, inward, the soul of Jesus aligned with what? With man. It was in the co-partaking of what? Of flesh and blood. But you see that co-partaking with Jesus not every man gets as gets to that place. Just some people can live your, their whole life, but never get to that point. This place that Jesus partook of. Do you understand my point? You, so it's possible. Like if you are born again, you never grow. You remain a baby, and then someone dies. They never. They will never have come because Jesus. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Uh-huh. This thing that they are saying that he, he partook of, that kind of state, uh-huh. that kind of state where someone is full of sins. You know, a baby is full of sins. Do you believe that? I mean, in a spiritual sense. In a sense, it's baby, but in another sense, it's not baby, it's a man. It's like it can actually be old. He has matured in sin. You can see someone when you check in the spirit is mature when it, when it comes to sin. But when you spiritually is a baby. So, you, so that person, you don't tell me that Jesus partook of that thing, that, that state. Jesus never partook of such a state of being a, an old man or something in sin, having age of sin, and then being a baby toward God. You can never find Jesus. Jesus never had such a stature. So you see that curriculum of having sins. Jesus never had sins. Never. Jesus never sinned. He was tempted. They were able to, to shield him and keep him away from sin. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when you say, ah, oh, was there not a time that Jesus was spiritually a baby? In this, or just was now a little child. Yes, it's true. The Bible archives that, but it's not your own kind. <laughs> oh, it's not your own kind. Jesus as a baby spiritually was not your own kind of baby. Your own kind, you are an adult in one world already. <laughs> you already had age in another world entirely. And that world you have age in. Jesus is not even found in that world at all. He never emerged in the, in the world of sin. Do you understand? So you won't, as a, in that state of a baby, you, you will not find a stature of Jesus that matches that stature of person. Do you understand? Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, but Jesus, 
was he grew into this thing called the last Adam, right? Which was, um, <clears throat> glory to God, which was a man of flesh and blood, which is a soul of flesh and blood, a man of flesh and blood who was made a quickening spirit. So here was him being the last Adam was when he came to take part of the same. All right, that was where he, he started from Adam, flesh and blood. Glory to Jesus. So, so the first time that in you will appear a stature, an image that is a replica of some, an image in Jesus is the point where sins have been removed and you are just a child that is a partaker of flesh and blood. That's what the nature of Christ is meant for. So, you must enter into that frame to jam Jesus. Do you understand me? You must enter into what? You must enter into that, that thing where without sin, right? Them that look for him Shall he what appear what a second time what without sin unto will appear a second time without sin where unto that is unto salvation that word salvation there is the quickening spirit salvation is the curriculum of quickening spirit when you say quickening spirit those are language for soul it's a kind of soul. Living soul is a kind of soul. Quickening spirit is a kind of what soul. Do you agree with me? So it means that Adam was not a spirit. I mean his soul was not a spirit. His soul, he was what? He was a living soul. So Jesus actually became to a living soul. Do you understand me? In terms of where he started from, but he was made a quickening spirit. He was made a what? A quickening spirit. Praise Jesus. Okay, let's go on in that 1 Corinthians 15 just to get the light from that place. Um, before, before 46 and so it is written the first man Adam was made a living soul the last Adam was made a quickening so he's talking about their making their making what, what school were they in are you getting me so the last one was made a word quickening so now There is this quickening spirit is a 
is a special allocation that came to, that, that had never been offered to man before. Man, well, I won't say it hasn't been offered. I don't want to speak that way. That man has never began to come into. Man has never received, actually, that's the word. Man has never received this allocation of quickening spirit. Why? Or how, how do I mean? Quickening spirit is, can only be accessed in the, in the, you can only find the quickening spirit in the way of truth. Right? It's a, it's that, you know, Adam never accessed truth. I believe there was a program of, of bringing him into truth, maybe through the tree of life. That was so much. He didn't accept the tree. Right? He didn't accept the tree of life. So he couldn't come into truth. Even though he had a kind of living soul, you understand, that has his own, as a man, a man has his own kind of living soul. In heaven, you see, when you get there, you also see living creatures in heaven. But those living creatures, they are not, they don't have this kind of, of nature called quickening spirit. Quickening spirit is actually a nature that the path of truth gives. This is one of the unique things about Jesus. And this, was, this quickening spirit nature is, what, is the reason why he, was, he became a partaker of what? Of flesh and blood. So how do you produce quickening spirit? You, you, you produce quickening spirit by putting to death the program of flesh and blood. That was the kind of death Adam was, was, was supposed to kind of... Uh, it was, this is the gap that must be bridged between man and God. Any man who will come to God must be a quickening spirit. Any man who will come to God must be what? Must be a quickening spirit. So um, let's go quickly. Okay, this is verse 15, right? The, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Let's go then to the next verse. 46. How be it, that was not first, which is spiritual. You see that? But he's, he's speaking about in him. That was not first, which is spiritual. But that which is first, what? Natural, and then afterward, that see the word afterward, afterward, that which is what, which is spiritual, is an order natural first, and then spiritual. Glory to God, verse 47. The first man is of the earth, earthy. Then who? The second man is what? Lord. The Lord from heaven. So, this man that is of the earth, earthy, is the man of flesh and blood. He's a man of flesh and blood. He's of the earth. There's no sin. There's no sin here. Being of the earth, earthy, it's not that he's not sinful. 
just showing you a sight about the Bible, there's something more than dealing with your sins. The curriculum, there's a curriculum, a calling into the holiest realm. It's a, it's a whole world, it's a school concerning how to give man the divine nature. Is a, there's actually a, a world beyond sin. <laughs> there are conversations beyond sin. There's school beyond sin. There's learning beyond sin. The first man is of the earth, earthy. That's one kind of man. Then the second man is the Lord from heaven. You see that. When you go back to verse 46, there was not that, not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And then afterward, which is spiritual. So <clears throat> there's what you call the first in verse 46. Then what they call afterward is the second. What comes after the first is the second. So there was not that which is spiritual. So it means that that which is first is natural. So natural means of the, when it comes to man, natural means of the earth, earthy. Do you understand? That's the natural man. The natural man is a man who is of the earth, earthy. What is the meaning of that? It's flesh and blood. Of the earth, earthy. What is the flesh is of the earth. The program in the flesh is earthy. It is talking about the, the, the organization of life, of the natural. That which is first. Say first. first. Praise Jesus. That, that it, how be it, that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is what? Natural. Then afterward, that which is spiritual. So verse 47, glory to God. The first man is of the earth, earthy. Then you see the second man is what? The, is the Lord from heaven. So it's very clear the Lord of from heaven is the spiritual man. That which is spiritual. Glory to Jesus. Is that 48? Let's see what's in 48. Then as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Verse 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also do what? We shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth what? Corruption inherit what? Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Praise Jesus. So the kingdom of God here is not entering the kingdom, as in, he's talking about kingdom of God, right? Except a man be born again, he cannot see the what? The kingdom of God. Except a man be born, sorry, of water and of, uh-huh, he cannot enter. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when you, when you see kingdom of God, kingdom of God sometimes can be referred to the overall kingdom of God, which includes the kingdom of Christ and the kingdom of God. But this one they're talking about here is talking about the actual kingdom, which is 
the kingdom in the most holy. Am I making sense that flesh and blood cannot do what? Inherit that kingdom, the, the place of God's dominion, which is the, the world of the holiest. Glory to Jesus. That what, what they call it here, flesh and blood cannot inherit. Neither does corruption inherit what? In corruption. So it means that to inherit the kingdom of God, you must be, in corruption means incorruptible. Right? The soul must become incorruptible to come into inheritance. No entrance is no inheritance. You actually enter for to inherit. Right? You can't uh, inherit what you haven't entered. So when you soul enter, have you, you have boldness to enter the holiest. You are entering the holiest to inherit the dominion of the holiest. If, when you have entered, it doesn't mean you have inherited. So the point where inheritance, the conversation of inheritance of God's dominion is when, praise Jesus, thank you. I'm showing the way. I am showing the way of man. I am showing the way of the man that I created even before the enemy came and lowered man. I am showing the way of man. I am showing the way of man. I am showing that even in the realm of the height of men, there still is a journey to me. There still is a journey to me. And I have come to open that way. It is the way of my love. It is the way of my love. And it is the way of death. It is the way of death. It is the death from the Nekatania Pafitalia. It is the way of losing man and coming into me. It is the way of losing man and coming into me. I am showing the way a man will lose himself and lose himself into me. I am showing the way of how you will lose yourself into me. 
how you will lose the life of flesh and blood and come into me as I am a quickening spirit. I have come to quicken. I have come to quicken for I am showing the way of the quickening spirit. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. So flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom, neither doth what? Corruption. Corruption. So, corruption is a kind of nature, means corruptible. Incorruption is incorruptible. So, in the most holy realm of God, the, what they are, the school there is, the, is, the, is making of incorruptible, is the, is the, is the, the, the most holy is the school of the incorruptible seed. Right, the incorruptible seed being born again by the word of God by the incorruptible seed that liveth and abideth forever so that incorruptible seed is a, is a kind of word of the holiest right that whose goal is to impart the nature of incorruption right which is not dealing with your sin Right? There is the what deals with corruption. Okay? Corruption is a danger to an in to a corruptible soul. Corruption is not a danger to an incorruptible soul. Right, corruption. Another word for for corruption is sins. Sins, in First Peter chapter one, according as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, that through these we might what we will become partakers of the divine nature having then escaped the corruption that is in the world through loss. So, before you partake of the divine nature, you must have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Right? So, the corruption that is in the world through lust is what you call is the sins that are in the world that are a danger to the corruptible nature. So, when a man is corruptible and he is in the world, you have a problem because sin will corrupt the soul. But you can deal with the corruption and the removal of sin, but you are still left with that corruptible man. So flesh and blood means corruptible man. Do you understand? When you're talking about that thing of flesh and blood, it means what? Corruptible man. 
like Adam. It doesn't mean he has corruption in him, but he can be corrupted. And Adam proved that he can be corrupted when he was tempted. So Adam was not corrupt, but he was corruptible. Right? That is that thing called flesh and blood is is a state where you are still corruptible. So you can say that salvation can never be complete when after dealing with sins. But you have not dealt with the corruptible nature inside of man. So are you seeing, do you understand me? So what, to understand what happened to Jesus when Jesus descended, Jesus did not descend into sin. It, Jesus did not descend into corruption. Are you seeing that Philippians chapter 2? That let his mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. He was in, counted not robbery to be equal with God. He was in the form of God but made himself of no reputation, then took on the form of his servant. Are you seeing that thing he took on, that form of his servant, and then being found in fashion as a man. That was found in fashion as a man, and then became obedient. So this being found in fashion of him as a man was when he humbled himself, right? This was when he, was, he partook of flesh and blood, so that through death, it might destroy him that has the power. Praise God. So being found in fashion as a man, this man here is actually a corruptible man. That was the great dissension. It became, came from the, from the incorruptible. It actually came from a realm higher than the incorruptible. There's something more than incorruption. It's higher. There's something called greater than what? Incorruption, but he came, descended all the way. That thing is called the form of God. What is higher that is higher than incorruption is he descended from that place, and Jesus became corruptible. He never took corruption, but Jesus, you can't tell me Jesus didn't become corruptible. Why would they be tempting him? Tempted in all points, yet without sin. The man, the Satan who was tempting him knew he's corruptible. That's why he came to him. So Jesus had to journey. Jesus did not journey from corruption because he was never corrupted. But his journey was from being corruptible. He had to take that ascension. Right? He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Verse Eight, and then even the death of the cross. Then, go verse 9, then, wherefore God had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, so on and so forth. Praise God. Are you seeing that? So that's that place of corruption that Jesus descended into is what we call flesh and blood. Why? Because he saw that the children were partakers of flesh and blood. Right? You see those children... They still, there was something they had, they, had been, they were partaking in that you need what? Somebody to come and take part of the same. Is another remedy. Are you seeing that? He came to do what? Take part of the what? 
of the same so that through death then he might destroy him that had what? The power of what? Death. That is what? The devil. So this thing called death is the, is the only answer, the only way that you can, you can, you can create a, an escape from corruptible nature is through death. Right, this death, that's what we also say in Philippians chapter 2. Right, he, being found in fashion as a man, he then humbled himself unto death, even the death of the cross. That thing called death of the cross is not just physical. So that one is a sign. That one, the physical one he did is a sign of something. We know that Jesus is a sign. That's the, that's the sign of Jonah. Right, how he will be buried. Of course, if to bury him, you must kill him first. So both the cross was part of it. Him going to the grave was part of the sign. Physical resurrection was also part of the sign. But, the, the, but there's a spiritual aspect of it. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's something called the death of his cross. Paul was speaking about that, right, in, in uh, Philippians, right, where he was speaking about that I might, what, know him, then the power of his resurrection, and then the fellowship of his suffering being conformable. What was, what was Paul saying that I may know him and then all those things inside him? He's not talking about going to physically study how many strokes did he get, how, how much pain did he feel. Let me go and feel the exact same amount of pain. That physical side, that's not what Paul was speaking about. He's talking about the revelation of the, the real spiritual thing. What was the death that he undergo? He underwent. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? That I may be, com- be conformable. You see that. That I may know him, the power of his resurrection, and then the fellowship of his sufferings. Being made what? Conformable. To, it means his death has a kind of form which he, what he, he underwent. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So that through death, seeing that the children, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. That through death, so for you to, to do the thing that needs to be done, to, to answer the weakness of flesh and blood, there's one, only one door that you can, a man must pass through. There is a door that he must take his flesh and blood through. That's the only door that can answer flesh and blood. This thing is calling through death. It's not the removal of sins. Someone can have their sins removed, but they haven't passed through. They've not yet been conformed to his death. Shut up. 
Nanata, Oh, Mama Lita Panaganosh, the Fate Beganata, Lipra Hatalika, Lipra Hakatalata, La Catana Nanata, Lepra Tenata, Lepra Catanata, Liprostovata Likata, Alikata, I death. I had death, I had love, I had death and love, I had death, love, death and love, death, love, death and love, death and love, I had death and love, I had death, love. That the way, the way to love is the way of death. The way to love is the way of death. And the way of death, the way of death is the way of love. It is the way of love. The way of death is the way of love. And the way of love is the way of death. The way of death, the way of death. I love my father because. Because I died. I died. I went through that way. I went through that way. And in the way of death, I overcame death that I came into life of my father. That I came into the love of my father. By going through death, I overcame death to be one with my father. I lost everything by me in death to love my father. I lost myself and I overcame death. I am opening. I am opening the way. The way. The way of death to come to love. It is by that you come to love. It is by that you come to love. I have patterned the way. I have patterned the way. I have shown the way. And in this way, you have to keep looking to me. You have to keep looking to me. For if you take your gaze of me, you will be overcome by death. For it is the death in me that would overcome the death that you would come to oneness with me. That it is the death of looking unto me that you would overcome the death that takes you away from me. For there is the gentovritalia setalia, lipretenia nostra, 
I came to life by dying and I am showing you the way. I am showing you the way. It is by death. It is by death and it is by beholding me. It is by beholding me. It is by beholding me. For I have come to open eyes that you may behold me to take and partake of my death. To partake of my death. For you for the life, the life, the life in the dead is worthy of it. It is worthy of it. Partake in this dead. Follow the way. Follow my pattern. Follow my pattern. Come, come, come. I say come. Don't take your gaze off of me. Long to see me. Long to see me. For I am opening. I am showing the way. It is the way of death. It is the way of death. It is the way of pleasure. Enjoy the pleasure in my death. For the glory of my death cannot be compared to the death that you, you have wallowed in. Come to me. Come to me by following the way of death I have opened for you. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, it's clear that um, the revelation of, or the, 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 the remedy, the provision for sins was in Jesus' path to the cross. Or the the way to death, leading to what happened to him in driving him to the point of death is the answer and is the remedy for sins. Because this death, no one can die this death who still has the corruption that is in the world through lust. That thing must first be dealt with. That corruption. And it is in the, is the way. There's something about the way that, the way to. Remember, Jesus, where he was hung, was almost like on top of a, it was like a hill. On a hill far away. It's a hill. It's, it typifies the climbing, actually, of Zion. It's like, the, it's actually the ascension of mountain. That mountain ascension is the ascension to deal with sins. But at the top of that mountain, when you've ascended, you're ascending for a death. There's a particular death that those who have been free from sin need to die. It's the, it's the death of, is a death of a man who is a partaker of flesh and blood but without sin. That is the actual code of this particular death. You see, Jesus, you, the revelation of what took him to the cross can deal with all your sins. But there's something about, you see that death, about his dying, there's something about the death of Jesus that is, it is the, through his death that, it, that, is, that death Right and the resurrection, that death and the resurrection, Jesus' death and resurrection is not that thing is not mainly for sins. Right, to when what the what do you do you unleash when you kill that kind of man? 
It's not just to deal with the sins of the world or the sin that the world. It's more than that. It is something to kill that kind of a man, right? Who's a, a man that was without sin, praise God, that had to go through death. He humbled, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself unto. You see that thing of humbling yourself unto death? That's the answer to sin. There's a path of humility unto death that deals with sin. It's actually a path of learning. So that when a, point, a person arrives at that death, sin is gone. It's now a time to deal with your nature. Right? But to do that, you see that thing of nature, there is a death. It can only be, the answer to that thing is through death. Say through death. Through death. Through death. Praise God. So that in that, back to Hebrews chapter 2 quickly, you see there that the reason for as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, that he also, he also himself likewise took part of the same, so that through death he might then do what? Destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. So to destroy him that have the power of death Something must be at work. It is called the power of his resurrection. All right. The power when of the resurrection is the power that generates quickening spirit. Do you understand? Is the is the power of that I might know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. Then be made what conformable. Know him and the power of his resurrection. Know him, the power of his resurrection. Fellowship of his suffering, be made conformable to his death. So in the, in the fellowship of his suffering, that's where sins are taken care of. Do you know that? Right? So they spoke about him in the days of his flesh, right? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the days of his flesh, right, he was, those days of his flesh were also, um, <laughs> thank you, Father. Okay. So, so you see, what with Jesus, Jesus took a path of suffering to get to death, right? But that thing called suffering that the path of suffering that Jesus took, it wasn't to remove sin inside of him. No. There was no sin in him. It's to, to invent the way of suffering. Do you get that? It's to do what? It's to invent the what? The way, the way of suffering. So the same suffering that a man suffered denying temptation without ever sinning. Somebody who is married to that sin, if you deny the same thing, that sin will go. Do you understand me? The same temptation you fell into that, that made you a partaker of sins, if it's time to, de- to let those sins go, they will throw you into the season of the same temptations 
but you will come with a strength to deny it. Do you understand? It's true that denial. So Jesus could pave the way of and bring the answer to sins without sinning. It was by his resistance. He was tempted in all points, yes, without sin. When you, when you study that thing, that thing, the, the wisdom, the revelation, wisdom behind that resistance of that temptation is what you call the fellowship of his suffering. If you want to ask me, what is suffering? Suffering is simple. It is resisting temptations. That's what you call the sufferings of Christ. Right? The sufferings of Christ is resisting temptations. And you must resist it unto blood. Yes. That was what Hebrews chapter 12 was saying, right? For you have not yet resisted, right? Just lay aside every weight. And first of all, that's how it started from. Being surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Therefore, seeing we are all encompassed about with so great a cloud of what? Witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us. And then run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking what? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is then what? Set down. Are you seeing? So before... Before he actually endured the cross and despised the shame, he already he authored a fate already. It was in the part of authoring that the fate that he began to see the joy. As a man, he had to go through that part to, to, to unveil and uncover the joy that was set before him. Do you know, do you know that? Do you know that it wasn't the first, initially the first temptation he, he, he overcame? That did not trigger the vision of the joy that God has set before him. They made it such that by overcoming the temptations and suffering, in that part he was authoring a fate. And that fate was, the, after a while, joy began to emerge. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm showing you, I'm showing you a kind of path. It's another path through the, through the holy place, through the, through, through the courts, through the holy place, but with a different kind of man. A man without sin took that path as well. Do you understand? It's, but he took it for an authoring of a fate that you can find his steps in those realms. Do you get what I'm trying to say? <clears throat> looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, you see, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. Verse 3, um, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. Are you seeing this contradiction of sinners? It's actually the, it's the contradiction of sinners, seeing Contradiction of sinners is, do you know what these sinners? They are men who are embodiments of the corruption that is in the world through loss. That at every point in Jesus' life, he met such men and they were contradicting him. He was living, he lived in Nazareth. Nazareth was a world of contradiction. 
all kinds of worldly souls were there. Then after, when you move into ministry, same thing. Are you getting what I'm saying? That this endurance is the suffering. Is this thing that he was doing that led him to the cross. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you must consider him. At first, they say, look into Jesus. You must also consider him. Lest you be weary and then faint in your mind. Let's go on quickly. It says, for you have not yet resisted unto blood. Being what? Striving. So you must strive against sin until you get to the place of blood. All right. It is in this place of blood, that's where the conversation of dealing with flesh and blood comes up. This striving against sin is actually the, sorry, this resistance unto blood is, is the place of death, which they are speaking concerning. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Quickly, that's Hebrews 2. Um, for as much then, verse 14, um, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of what? The same. So that through death he might do what? Destroy him that hath him that hath the power, the power of death. To destroy him that has what? The power through death he might destroy him that had the power. Let's read on. That is the devil. And deliver them who through the fear of death you see that? Say fear of death. death. Were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, tell me what is this fear of death? The fear of death is the is the nature, is the installation against boldness for the holiest. It's the fear. It's actually it's a fear which the, that thing is attached to the nature of flesh and blood. Do you understand? It's a kind of that. You see, after you've dealt with the sins of the man, and you now begin to try, you now see that it's not compatible with that appearance fully because there is still a shrinking of the heart. Why? Because of its nature. In the nature is, the, is burdensome when it comes to things that are beyond sin. Glory to God. So it would take such a person to be made conformable. How, do you make, how, do you, how would they bring that kind of conformity to initiate the process to, of this death? Right? It's, you must take the journey. Are you seeing that thing called by a new and living way, consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his what? His flesh. Through the veil. That is to say. So he's talking about breaking through the veil. Or break, breaking through the flesh to access the life that is in him. Now, you see this, what, this the veil of his flesh. What is it keeping? What is it, what kind of, what is it keeping inside him? Is the life of the quickening spirit. Are you seeing that? Is the what? Yes. Is the life of what? Is the life of the what? Of the quickening spirit. It's in that, in that program. So you see, this new and living way, what they call the way into the holiest is passing through the veil of his flesh. 
The holiest itself is the school of his blood. Do you understand what I mean? Because the flesh is actually a product of his blood. Praise God. So if Jesus partook of the same flesh and blood of a man, and then he says he threw death, so he took that, partook of that flesh and then went into death. Of course, when he went to, into death, he was resurrected. Right? So, you see this flesh here in Hebrews chapter 10 is not the flesh that he partook of. It's the flesh, the, the blood and the flesh of Hebrews 10 is the flesh and the blood of resurrection. Are you seeing that? Is the what? The flesh. Do you know that God has flesh and blood too? But what is the what differentiates the flesh and the blood of God from that of man? It is incorruptible. The flesh that houses the divine nature must be an incorruptible flesh. That was what First Peter was saying. That the corrupt, how can corruption inherit incorruption? Right? It is. Uh, it will take a corruptible. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh, so flesh is not physical. Right? Flesh is talking about a is a kind of program. So the flesh of Jesus is the part of Jesus that unveils the most holy. Right? It's the, the learning of the flesh of Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's the kind, uh, it is the, it's that, it's the initiation into the kind of death that can sow flesh and blood that is corruptible and reap flesh and blood that is what? That is incorruptible. And then he said that except you eat the flesh, you must, so you must first eat the flesh, and then you must do what? Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and do what? Drink the blood. You have no life. This no life means you cannot be a quickening spirit. This life is the, is the quickening spirit life, or the life of who? Of the, of the quickening spirit or what you call the life of God himself, or the divine life, which is a kind of nature, or what you call the, the divine nature. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. So the sense of Jesus that took him to the cross is a, is a different kind of knowledge altogether. It is, is a kind of knowledge <clears throat> that is higher than the conversations of the sins of men. And then the to come into that school, which is a blessed school, which is a glorious school, 
you must fulfill that thing of children. Are you seeing that thing called children? Right? It is the children, it is that nature of children that calls forth the him the partaking of Jesus. So you wouldn't begin to partake with Jesus unless that curriculum of what? Of children. Praise God. But who are children? Children are spiritual men. Those who are spiritual. Are you getting me? Those who are what? Spiritual. Who are spiritual are on the way to becoming spirits. Right. Spiritual are on the way to becoming spirits. Right. So those who are spiritual are those who are, who are being fathered by the father of children. They are spiritual. But to, it's to move you into a point of becoming, when you are a spirit, you come to a point where you're being fathered by the father of sons. Right? Or who they call the father of sons is who they call the father of spirits. Which we must be subject to. We not rather be subject to the father of spirits and live. Praise God. Say, live. And leave. Glory to Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We bless you. Today we give you glory. Worship you. Thank you for you haven't just spoken empty things, but these things are your wisdoms, which you wrote them by your spirit in the word. And these things pertain to us. They are not esoteric or foreign. They are actually things that are living. Father, they are portions of your living scriptures. But I'm asking that you will let this word connect with the breath of them. And Lord, let every heart find the, the open it up, spirit of truth, and, and let bring every heart into the conviction, Lord, of these things. Thank you, our God. I pray anywhere where more light and understanding need to be shared, I pray your spirit will, will do that the hearts of your people. Thank you, our God. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You will between the cherubim shine forth. You will between the cherubim shine forth. Between the cherubim shine